Well, good morning, church. The weather did not turn out the way we planned. So we were going to do a lot of outdoor things. I actually don't even know what's happening outside just now. But everything that we were going to do, we are still going to do. We might do it outside. We might do it inside. But we will get it done, okay? So don't leave at the end. Don't run through the rain to your car. I know this is not really Alberta weather. I come from Scotland. It's like this every freaking day of the year. So I am okay with it. And uh, the rain won't kill us. We will survive. It's certainly better than minus 35, which it will be in a few weeks' time. So just enjoy the rain. Because rain, if you're a farmer, rain is needed for harvests. In fact, um, I don't know if any of you watch pro TV shows with Jeremy Clarkson, you know, the Top Gear guy, you know. So he, he's got one, I think it's on Amazon Prime, called Clarkson's Farm, where he's, he's, he owns this big farm and he was going to run it for a year. And during it, he said, when farmers complain about the weather, they're not just complaining like their whole crop can be destroyed and so on by the weather. So you imagine that you have a career or a job in which you need to put in a lot of work, but at the end of the day, no matter how much work you've put in, you are partnering with the weather system. And the weather system will decide whether all the work you put in is blessed and bountiful or whether it is totally and completely destroyed and there's no harvest. Now, no farmer wants to be in a situation where they lose all of their harvest. Now, here's the thing. In the Bible, the, the image of a farmer and a field and a harvest is used as an allegory, as a pa parable, as an illustration, not of agriculture, but of every part of your life. Every area of your life, the Bible likens it to a field, a field that will produce a crop. If you plant good seeds in that field, it will produce a good crop. If you plant bad seed in that field, it will produce a bad crop. But you, you have been given the field and you have to plant the seeds, but you also have to partner with the creator of the weather systems of life to make sure that all of the work that you're putting into improving your life is not going to be swept away in a flood or in a hurricane or something, but will be blessed with a refreshing rain and warm sunlight and everything else that got all the blessings that God will send into your life will cause your life to grow a harvest. We know that even outside the Bible. We use harvest illustrations about our life. I'm sure you know this little uh, poem. I'm sure you've seen it posted online a lot. It goes like this, your life is a garden, your thoughts are the seeds, 
You can grow flowers or you can grow weeds. It all depends on what seeds you are planting into the garden of your life. And here's the thing. Just like a farmer, if the, if he, if the weather forecast is good, he doesn't just go and sit in a deck chair and let the weather do all the work. It won't do that. He still has to do his work and then he relies on the weather conditions to produce the effect that he's looking for. And that, if you look upon your life, if you look upon yourself as a farmer and your life as having many fields in it, your career field, there's your faith in God, there's your family, there's your bank account, there's your health, all these different fields in your life, you have been given those fields, you have been given the gift of life free and clear, full ownership of it by God, the Creator, who will now send the right amount of rain, the right amount of wind, the right amount of sun, the right amount of good circumstances into your life to brighten your life up, just the right amount of adversity into your life to toughen you up so that in every area of your life you will grow a har harvest. But you can't sit on your deck chair. Let's be clear. Having faith does not mean I will sit on my deck chair and let God create my life for me. God, God will do His part and you will do your part. The weather conditions will do their part and the farmer will do his part, but it takes both together. You know, there's a story, there's a very well-known story of this farmer and this pastor, and the pastor was driving down the road one day, and he saw this farmer in his field, and it was a beautiful, beautiful farm that he had. It looked like it was, it was loaded with crops in every field. And so the, the pastor stops his car, and he thinks, oh, oh, I may manage to get this farmer into the church. It looks like his tithe would be good to pay off the mortgage. So I'm going to go and stop and talk to the farmer. Oh, far, Mr. Farmer, um, this is a really beautiful farm you've got here. And the farmer says, yeah, thank you very much. And the, the preacher said, God has obviously blessed you with a wonderful farm here. And the pastor, the, sorry, the farmer stopped and he said, yeah, I guess he did. But you should have seen the state of it when he had it all to himself. Because God is not going to run the farm. The farmer's going to run the farm. Do you know in, when Russia was part, you know, during the time of the Soviet Union, uh, when they were teaching communism and atheism in schools, do you know what they used to do in elementary schools in Russia to try and teach atheism to the kids? They would take the kids out and they would have two garden plots and they would say, that's God's plot and this is our plot. And they would get the kids to plant vegetables and all that. And a few weeks later, they would come and they would say, look, kids, look how amazing human beings are. Look what we've produced. Let's have a look at God's field. And of course, God's field was just full of weeds and all of that growing there. And then they would say to the kids, you see, there is no God. But the problem was, nowhere has God ever promised 
that he's going to grow our fields for us. Nowhere did God ever promise that the farmer can sit in a deck chair and God will grow a harvest. What the Bible does promise is when we partner together with God, God will bless the work of our hands and we will together produce a harvest. Let me show you some verses in the Bible. Book of Genesis, it says this here. It says, as long as the earth remains. Now, the last time I looked out the window, it was still there. Was it still there when you came in? As long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest, cold and heat, unless we pay enough carbon tax, and apparently the heat will go away, but whatever. Summer and winter, day and night. You see, God is promising that He has put a law into this planet, and that law is that whatever we sow, that shall we reap. Look at this, Isaac. It says here, Isaac planted his crops that year, and he harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted. Why? For the Lord blessed him. How many of you that own a business would love to spend some money in advertising and in a few weeks later go home and say to your family, I just harvested a hundred times what I sowed? Wouldn't that be a blessing? And so in every area of your life, God is able to bless and multiply what we do so that our lives will flourish with abundance and with a harvest. The Lord blessed him. From the dew of heaven and the richness of the earth, may God always give you abundant harvests of grain and bountiful new. That should say wine. I don't mind a bountiful win, but I might prefer a bountiful crop of wine. So that's what it should say. There should be an E at the end of that there. Uh, he will give you abundant harvests of grain and bountiful new wine. And so God can bless and multiply your productivity in every area of life, in your work, your business. If you think God is not interested in your career or the things that you do to earn money, go to the Bible and read the book of Proverbs. God even gives you advice on what kind of loans to take out and what kind of loans not to take out, how to start a business and how not to start a business, who to partner with and who you should never partner with. It's all there. God can bless and multiply your productivity in your work, your career, in ministry, in your marriage, in your personal faith, in everything in your life when you partner together with God. Let me just show you that in the Bible. Psalms, book of Psalms, it says this, you take care of the earth and water it, making it rich and fertile. Can I just tell you something? 
God is not broke, okay? God is not broke. That sometimes people have this idea that God's running low on money, you know, because churches ask for money. You know, we need money, so give some money because we need money, but he doesn't need anything. God is not broke, okay? He has an abundance of everything. It says he will make it rich and fertile. The river of God has plenty of water. It provides a bountiful harvest of grain, for you have ordered it so. You crown the year with a bountiful harvest. Even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. Then the earth will yield its harvests, and God, our God, will richly bless us. Everybody shout this, God will richly bless me. Let me hear you. Let's emphasize the word richly. You ready? One, two, three. God will richly bless me. He doesn't just give you, you can get a teaspoon. You've not been a good boy this week. I'll just give you a teaspoon, you know. But you, I really like you. Here's a truckload of blessings. No, God's blessings are available to everyone. He has ordered it so. All we have to do is get under God's order and the blessings flow. It says he will richly bless us. Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. Maybe you're going through a tough time in life. Maybe you're going through a difficult season. Maybe you're praying about a family member that's in deep trouble. Maybe you can't sleep at night. At night you're praying and you're asking God for help and the tears are rolling down your face. If you are sowing seeds of faith in tears, you will get your answer to prayer with shouts of joy. It's going to come in. Uh, they weep as they go to plant their seed. Oh, Lord, it's the last money I've got. But I'm going to do what you say with it. And it's painful. But look, they sing as they return with the harvest. In any area of your life, sometimes the conditions are good. And sometimes the conditions are bad. But you don't go by the conditions. You have faith in God. And God promises to bless your life, every field of your life. If you partner with him, he will bless you richly and abundantly. So, but that means you have to have faith. You have to have faith. If a farmer plants his seed in the field, he doesn't go home and then cry uh, into his hands because now I've not got any seed left. I've got no seed left. He has faith that although he cannot see it, although it's all happening under the ground, those seeds are germinating. Those seeds are beginning to put down roots very soon those seeds will begin to push up shoots and eventually they'll carry a harvest. You can't see it happening. It's beyond your visible comprehension. 
But every prayer that you have prayed, every act of love that you have given, everything that you have done for God and for other people, those are seeds. They are hidden under the soil of your life, and you have to be a person of faith and believe that they are germinating, that God has a plan for your life that that plan is going to be a harvest, that right now you might be in a difficult place, but your future is brighter than your present. Your future might just look like a big muddy field. Uh, Sorry, your present might look like a big muddy field, but your future looks like an abundant harvest field ready to bring in all the blessings. Faith means trusting God even when other people aren't, and even when the outside circumstances don't look good. Look what it says. Farmers who wait for perfect weather will never plant, and churches that wait for perfect weather before they set up their petting zoo will never have a petting zoo. You have to just decide we're going to do it Somebody sent a message on Facebook, is it still all happening today? You better believe it's happening. It's happening inside, it's happening outside, it's happening on the roof, it's happening somewhere, but it's happening. If we were going to wait for perfect weather conditions, we would never do anything. And if you're waiting for your life to be so safe before you take a step, then it's not a step of faith. But if you can trust that God can bless your life, God can answer your prayers, God can perform miracles, God can heal your child, God can set your husband free from depression, God can deliver your teenager from drug addiction, God can bring peace to the anxiety that you are feeling. God can give you hope for a future. He can give you peace that you have been forgiven and given the gift of eternal life. And this life, the future looks bright. And after this life is over, it looks even brighter because you have faith in God. You trust Him when the conditions look good. You trust Him when the conditions look bad because the conditions don't matter because He is the Almighty God. You're not going to wait any longer. You're not going to sit about saying, one day I'll achieve the dream in my heart. One day I'll take a step of faith. One day I'll join a ministry team in the church. One day I'll start that online business I wanted to start. One day I'll have the guts to propose to my girlfriend. No, that one day's over. Today is the day. You're not going by outward circumstances. You're going to start that business. You're going to put a ring on it. You're going to join a ministry team in the church. You're going to get your act together and you're going to have faith that God will bless you because we're people of faith. Can you say amen, church? I'm telling you, the COVID fairy visited our house a couple of weeks ago, picked a fight with all of us. Even one of our little kittens got it. And I said, oh, enough is enough in Jesus' name. And we kicked that fairy's butt right out the door because I want a blessing in my life. And any adversary that comes, we am deciding sickness isn't going to stop me. 
Poverty's not going to stop me. Depression's not going to stop me. Some troll on the internet's not going to stop me. If God be for me, who can be against me? If he gave me his son, he will give me everything. Everything you need is in Jesus. Right, I'm running out of time. Okay. You say, well, doesn't this just sound a bit selfish? It's all, I want more money, and I want a wife, and I want a job, and I want a career. There's nothing selfish about it. Do you know the best way to help the poor? Don't be one. You can't help them if you've not got anything, okay? Do you know the, see if you suffer from depression, you ain't going to cheer up somebody else that's suffering from depression, okay? When you get blessed, it overflows and blesses everybody, Look, when you're harvesting your crops and you forget to bring in a bundle of grain from your field, don't go back and get it. Leave it for the foreigners, the orphans, the widows. Then the Lord your God will bless you in all you do. Listen, your best gift to the world is a healthy you. The the more your life is overflowing with blessings, the more you're going to be a blessing to others. I mean, just go in, well, we've all got masks on these days, but once the masks are off again, go into Safeway and find some grouchy-looking person and smile at them and say hello. They'll either slap you or they'll cheer up. (laughs) One or the other, you'll get a reaction one way or another. If you're happy, spread the happiness. If you're prosperous, spread the prosperity. If, If you're blessed, spread the blessing. Now, it is possible that you're saying to yourself, okay, all this sounds, all that sounds good, and people are, yeah, amen, I want a blessing, but this sounds like a lot of hard work, and I've got enough stress in my life as it is, and so now I've got to do all these things that I'm already doing, plus I've got to make sure I'm partnering with God, and I've got faith. So, maybe you're thinking of harvests in the wrong way, Maybe you're thinking of it like this next image, like the straw that broke the camel's back. Do you see that poor old camel? I mean, like you put one more straw on that little camel there, and that guy's going to die. Now, maybe you feel like this camel. Maybe you feel like you're already carrying enough, and now I'm seeing have faith, pray, partner with God, take a step of faith, start that business, put a ring on it, and all the things that I've said, and you're like, oh my goodness, you're really loading me up. I'm going to collapse. That's not what God's harvest is like. I have got a big camel here, and it's going to get down in all fours, and I, I'm going to tell you, we, have not, we haven't experimented with this. I hope you can take it. So, this camel, maybe this wave is better. This camel is struggling under a great weight. And I've got, don't knock my pad over, it's a new one. Ah, there's a little straw. Okay. And you know the saying, the straw <laughs> that broke the camel's back. 
right? That's not what it's like. Well, I shouldn't be hitting it, should I? <laughs> That's not what it's like. Stay here. Right, we're going to have a couple of asses on the stage now. Actually, talking about that, there is a real donkey somewhere in the building or outside. Go and get a donkey ride later on. Not in these guys, but there is a real one somewhere. This guy, who's dressed up like a butcher for some reason. <laughs> I mean, he's actually turned up at the staff meeting dressed like that. I really, and we're like, what, are you bringing us steaks or something? No. He's going to be Jesus. You get down on all fours next to him. Put my next verse up. Jesus said, come to me. So here's this guy. Here's this guy here first. He is weary carrying heavy burdens. Jesus said, come to me, you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you not exhaustion, I will give you what? I will give you rest. How? Take my yoke upon you. Now, let me just tell you, that's not an egg yoke, okay? That is a yoke that you put around oxen. You know, it's like a big wooden collar. And what you would do is you would put two ox together. There would be an experienced ox who was strong and knew how to plow the field straight. And you would get an inexperienced ox who might fight against the, carrying the burdens. And you would tie them together. You would yoke them together so that they're joined together like a three-legged race, okay? So that this one is now following the movements of this one. And this one is now sharing the burden of this one. So Jesus, this guy hears Jesus, and he's saying, come follow me. If you come follow me, we will be joined together, and I will help you carry your burdens. Because look what he says, for I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. I am not talking about you, you're already juggling too many balls and now we're giving you six more. I'm talking about partnering with Jesus. And when you partner together with Jesus, He walks beside you. He guides your step. He shares your burdens and He makes them easy and light. Let's give a thank you to these guys, will we? That's what we're going to do. Let's stand together. We're going to sing this song. We're going to focus our faith on Jesus Christ. And then I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And in that prayer, we're going to give our burdens to Jesus. If you don't know God, if you've never put your faith in Christ, you can give your burden of sin to Jesus and receive the forgiveness that he gives you. If you need to make a fresh commitment of your life or you just want to reaffirm your faith in Christ today, we will be giving all of our burdens to Jesus. 
joining ourselves to him, partnering with him, following him, and enjoying the lightness, the brightness, and the abundance of the life he gives us. Let's sing this together. So we're gonna pray together. We've been talking about how we can partner with God in every area of our life. And he will be part of that area of our life and he will bring blessing. But it all begins by making sure he is the Lord of our life. And so we're gonna put this prayer up together we're going to say it together one line at a time and we are basically saying God you are the Lord of my life Jesus you have first place in my life my life belongs to you and as our lives belong to him that's when they come into partnership so I want to encourage you like keep your eyes open because we're going to be reading it but get into an attitude that helps you pray maybe put your hands out in front of yourself or whatever does that we're going to say these words together we're going to think about the meaning of the words we're going to believe them with all our hearts and the presence of God is going to come into your life in a new and a powerful way and you will see your life go from strength his strength from this day on. Are you ready, church? Are we ready? Okay. I'll count to three and then we'll pray together. One, two, three. Dear Lord, thank you for creating me and for your love for me. I have failed you and sinned in many ways. Please forgive me and cleanse me from my sins. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. Come into my life and fill me with your spirit. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Now help me to live for you the rest of this life. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And everyone shouted. If you believe it, give him a praise. Come on. He's a good God, a loving God. He's worthy to be praised. Come on, let's just sing to him again and lift up his name.